Kaya FM podcast. Saturdays with Jenny. We're looking at a book that won the Danani <laughs> debut fiction award and now the best fiction award of the 2021 Humanities and Social Sciences Awards. I mean, it's really great kudos. It's not a big book and I've been reading it over the last few days. It's just beautifully written. It really and truly is. So it's my pleasure to introduce Resoketswe Manenze, who is both a chemical engineer and an author and the title of her award-winning book is Scatterlings. And she joins us on the line from Cape Town. Risa Ketswe, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you very much, Jenny. Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you didn't answer my question earlier. Well, you know, when I emailed you, I think, was it last night? I can't remember. Shoki. Do I call you Shoki or do I just call you Risa Ketswe? Yes, that's, that's, my, that's my everyday name um, uh, that's how you show my name. <laughs> well, listen, uh, first of all, I want to know a little bit more about you because here you are, you're a brand, you know, I mean, you're a chemical engineer, good field to be in, which means you're good at maths and all sorts of things. <laughs> and, you know, you you know what parents do when they have children. The children want to go and do a degree that is positively useless and you just think, well, it would be lovely for them to do it, but we do want you to have something to fall back on. So no matter yeah. what you do, you have got something wonderful to fall back on. So where did the writing side come in? Because I know that you're reading for a PhD. That's a lot of hard work. Just uh, just tell us where the writing came from. Uh, the writing comes from boarding school, actually. Um, when I was uh, 12, around 12, I was in boarding school. And that was the easiest way for me to sort of keep, because I wanted to keep a few memories intact. And the easiest way to do that was for me to write things down. So I, I wrote uh, studio essays and poems and, and things like that. And that just helped me cope with being away from home and being away from my parents and mm-hmm. my family. And then, um, you know, it progressed over time. Uh, so I did eventually fall in love with, with literature in general. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I continued to write and that just continued to grow. And that's how we end up with scattering. So, I mean, it's, it's quite a gap between loving literature literature and writing literature, which is exactly what you've done with this book. And in fact, yeah. as, I, as I said to you, we've, we've reviewed your book of poetry and, and we've reviewed this before you won the award. So people should recognize that name of yours uh, and whatever. But, but I mean, were there, were there writers who you responded to in particular? You know, th- there are so many that you at your richness that you get at a good school. What journey did you take there? Yeah, um, in in high school because I did um, I actually did English second language. Mm. So in high school we didn't do um, Shakespeare and things like that. We mm. did uh, short stories and poems, and I'm very grateful for that because the short stories it was a great opportunity to discover more African writers and the poetry as well. But um, more the short stories, we focus more on the short stories. Mm. So it was a great opportunity for me to read people like Alan Payton. And then uh, later on, of course, I got introduced to people like P.C. Dangaremgwa and, and a lot more African authors. But And the reason that to this day I love, I prefer anthologies. And that's because it allows me to have to travel a bit more widely in terms of my reading because in an anthology you can get up to um, a minimum of, of 10 writers or 10 short story writers and short, or 10 short stories. So you, you get a, a, a bit more variety. And, you know, that's something that I carried on from 
from when I was still discovering literature. So, I mean, one of the advantages of short stories, and um, which I think is, is a huge advantage, not everybody's got the time to devote to a big, fat um, piece of fiction. I mean, it is, in today's world, I'm increasingly thinking that it is difficult to, to get from the very first word to the very last word. But you don't have that difficulty with anthologies, for instance, because you can put exactly. it down and go for a run sort of thing and then pick it up again and it's totally different sort of thing. Exactly. But but with your literature studies, what what were you taught in terms of because we've definitely, definitely we love short stories. And I mean I've just I was told last night that Fred Kamalo's got a new book of um short stories coming out any day now. And uh, and this just seems to be we're good at it, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, um, funny thing about me is that I never, like beyond high school, honestly speaking, I haven't received any uh, formal training. Uh, I don't have any MFAs in literature. I've got no formal training whatsoever. I've, I've only ever been trained um, as an engineer. So everything that I've, I've, I've got in writing, I've learned from, from reading other writers. And yeah, that's it. So do you do you dissect as you go along? Yes, I do. You know, as I've I've tried to learn over the years, again because I, I've never been formally trained, mm. I, I did join at some point online forums uh, where people would analyze books, uh, you know, themes, uh, structure, arcs, characters, things like that. So I I wouldn't say I'm self-taught because I've 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 come along a lot of people who are willing to to do these things with me. And again, because I've read a lot of a lot of uh, fiction, so yeah, I've dissected a lot. I've dissected a lot over the years. And a narrative non-fiction. I've started nonfiction more recently. I, I, I was one of those people who thought, oh no, nonfiction is just, one of the reasons that I prefer fiction is because it just allows you to escape your world and your life, you know? Uh, nonfiction is reality. There's no escape there. But recently I have started, um, I have started reading, reading non, nonfiction. Uh, last year I actually finished this amazing book, The Side of the Sun at Noon, which chronicles, which she's known as Kotoa ever, um, you know her journey from the in the in the Cape in the in or in the mid 1600s. So I I just finished that and I found it very amazing. So I'm reading nonfiction, a lot of nonfiction now. So what was it called? The Side of the Sun. The Side of the Sun at Noon. I really enjoyed it, and I just I think it was a great introduction uh, to long nonfiction. And and what is this love of yours for for places like Iceland? Just just explain uh, that. I mean, I looked at your surname and I thought, God, okay, all right, that's fine. But but you love the colder climates and things. I like that. I, I Cold colder climates. The cold. Oh, <laughs> I just. I one time went to um, Finland uh, to do some research for my master's degree, and I just fell in love with the place because the people were just—they were just so amazing. So I just fell in love with the place. And when I came back to South Africa, I didn't want to come back. I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> but <laughs> I had to come back. But yeah, that's when I fell in love with um, with Finland uh, and Finnish people. Well, I, you know, I can understand it because it sounds absolutely fascinating. And it's Iceland at the moment that has got the volcano and people are going there and just standing there and watching it erupting in front of them. I mean, it just sounds so bizarre because they're surrounded by ice and by snow most of the time. 
Yeah, and I'm very jealous about that. And I didn't even get to see the Northern Lights. So that's um, <laughs> that's not something I, I, I... It's something I will definitely remedy in the near future. Oh, my definitely. I mean, I think that's got to be one of the highlights of anybody's life. Um, the yes, Northern Lights. Is. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So I am looking, as we're talking, I'm looking at scatterlings. And uh, and you, you just do a little thing right in the front, scatterling, and then you, you know, give us the pronunciation. It's a noun. And um, it's a person with a fixed, without a fixed home, a wanderer. Of course, the scatterlings of Africa. Uh, scatterlings and fugitives, hooded eyes and weary brows, seek refuge in the night. So I, I thought... I love the way the chapters are, Children of the First Gods. I'm going to read a little bit because I think it's, it's pertinent to, um, to the way you write. And this is a chapter that's right at the very beginning and it's called The Stars of the Milky Way. It was first told by the sand people that in the blackness of night, a girl took roasting roots and ashes from a fire and threw them into the sky. Thus, the stars were born. A path was made in the sky and hunters who were lost followed it home. The sand were an old people. They might have been the first people. And so when the wind took their tail through the summers, its whisperings intoned new facts into the story. It was thus told by the Basutu that the children of the first gods had walked the path in the sky to reach the place of the rising sun, where Mololatlali, Tladi, the lightning bird, rested in eternity. That was long ago. So there is there is this very very strong element of poetic writing that comes through to me. I was absolutely captured by the you know the first chapter, absolutely captured, and by the first the first two paragraphs. I mean, I was sold. I was done for. Thank you, thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you. <laughs> so, so I mean, when you look at that. I, I sometimes think that one should do um, an exercise where you go and you look at um, the opening words of any book because they, they either grab you or they don't. They either suck you in, maybe not with the first sentence, but maybe with the first or the second paragraph. They've got to suck you in. And I mean, I was an absolute sucker after that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad. Um, and one thing that people have responded well is the you know, uh, the reviews that I've seen at Nice have described the book as, as, as lyrical, as poetic. And I'm glad that's something that's shown through, you know, because um, I, I describe myself this as a poet because that's how I started out. And I'm glad people have responded to that because as a writer, sometimes you do get into your own head about, oh no, what if it's too, uh, you know, what if pe- people think it's too meandering? What if it's not, it's not getting to the point? quick enough so people just appreciating just my love for words is something that I've, I've really been humbled by and that just you know it's just gotten me to fall in love with my own book I suppose in the end yes so, yeah, and, and thank you but it's also with, <laughs> with our own history isn't it and and part of our history yeah. is is surmise we don't know and I mean the petroglyphs that are on you know on rocks in the in the Karoo or the Kalahari we don't know enough mm. about these people we can't date the the petroglyphs or, or anything like that but 25,000 years 60,000 years we don't know so there's much mm. that we've still got to discover but but I love I love the reverence for other animals. I love the legends of the eland and and all of that. And and that I wish we knew a little bit more about. Exactly, exactly. I wish there was more. There was more. Yes, there should be. Okay, we're going to take a short break and then I'll be back with you just after this.
Saturdays with Jamie. All right. Well, listen, we are talking about an award-winning book. It's the, it won the prize for fiction at the Humanities and Social Sciences Awards last week. And uh, this is a very, very unusual read. And um, I mean, I don't know whether you know this, but the majority of people who buy, buy fiction are female and um, it's not male. So, so there's, a, there's a temptation sometimes to, what is the word, play it down ever so slightly because, you know, we just look things in the kitchen and breeding and things like that. Whereas, in fact, I think some of the most powerful writing uh, in the world today is by females. And uh, anyway, Reza Ketswe, let's, let's uh, get on with this. So, so here we've got this book. It's set in the year 1927. And you have already taught me something because I did not know that in 1927, Parliament passed a law that you were not to have sex across, uh, across the colour line. Was it really in 1927? The law was passed in 1927, but it was something that Parliament had been looking into for a while. And the interesting thing about 1927 is that because there were several different factions, obviously, as within Parliament, so what they did was they just modified the law such that it, it was kind of like a selling out to so the factions were selling out to each other. So they were making concessions to each other, and that's how the law gets passed. Um, you know, all these amendments in the law about, because then it, it, it makes it clear that it's not just about sexual relations between the different races. It's about controlling, you know, how the population evolves as the country evolves into, you know, out of independence and in, into, so out of uh, dependence, you know, um, to, to colonial powers and to its own country. So, you know, how the country or the direction that the people are taking was something that the government felt that it needed to control, you know, not just control the, the, the native population, but the poor population, uh, specifically the, uh, the poor African population. Mm. So it was just all these things when they came into each other, the powers that could change the laws or that could pass the laws uh, and those that needed to concede. So it was just a, an, an evolution of how we end up, you know, in 1948. Mm. And that's what I found really interesting, mm. how, um, you know, by the time we get to 1948, I think it, it, it might be easy to think that it just happens, like apartheid just happens, whereas that's not the case. Like it was, it was a, a phase by phase evolution. And that's why it was just so, it, it could be sustained for so long, you know. Well, I mean, it's very sinister. So, so you start the, the novel off and here we are on the most beautiful Cape wine farm. It's in the Constantia district and, and those farms are just lovely with their oak trees and their vines and their this and their that. I mean, they, they are luscious in, in so many ways. And, uh, but here in the background, we have got this new law or the addition to the law, um, that has already been passed 29th of March, 1927, which was a sunless day filled with many omens. The man didn't yet have a son. It was hoped that the world and South Africa might hold off from any pending revolutions, so the man might have enough time to rear that fated son and thus complete his earthly role. But really in this book, it's a story of the side effects of a law like this on a family already of mixed blood and a relatively happy family until you start unpacking it. But uh, two exceptional daughters, uh, one of them is Dido and the other one is, just fill me in, Elaine, was it? Elaine? Uh, 
Amelia. Yes. Okay. And uh, and and I mean the 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 pictures that you point, you know, you paint of these two running through the vineyards, laughing and uh, and everything. And I can't spoil it, but but there is a catastrophe that happens on this farm, and yes. the lives of everybody around it are just they just implode, don't they? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, and and you know the, 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 it's very tricky when you have to write when you try to write historical fiction, um, not only because you need to be as accurate as possible, but because and I've said this before because history is already it's already present it's already there it's rigid mm. uh, people know it you know and and I I do feel that people have uh, written a lot about history over the years um, so it becomes very tricky when you try to write about such a landmark law because you know it's like oh how, how did it affect the population but that didn't really interest me what interested me was was the individual people and and that's how we end up with it's a multi uh, point of view book so you get the point of view of the father the mother the children so and that was one of the reasons i focused on that i wanted um a more a closer look at what each individual how all the individual characters would have been affected by this law you know and and even the people who weren't affected by the law people like gloria mm-hmm. you know their lives were still um, their world was still changing um even you know this law didn't affect her uh, directly but you know she was living in a world where this law affected the people around her and her family and and all those things so i i wanted to look at that and that's why i that's one of the reasons i want um needed a multi-point of view and to focus so intensely on the on the people on the characters' experiences, the the experiences it seems to me are just heartbreaking. The the, the flight from the Cape to to the north, what was then the Northern Transvaal, the it, it was just it was just an unfurling of of almost everything that they actually had, and there's no sense of there's no sense of stability because how can they be uh, with a mixed race exactly. family? So really, once Dido started, although she's a very innocent child, isn't she? I mean, it, it's her innocence and her intelligence that uh, that carries her through, and and her her sense of no, this isn't right. Now I don't want to do that, and exactly. uh, and whatever that 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 carries her through. But but I must, you know, when I speak to you longer at at greater length, I mean, there is a story of a mixed race family, farming family, uh, in the northern Transvaal that was oh, a cause celebre, I suppose, because of the tragedy that, that I mean, it just destroyed everybody it just absolutely destroyed everybody uh, when it could have been so happy but I honestly think that you've written an f- absolutely fantastic book I do also think that it's lyrical I love your language and I cannot wait to see what you write next and for people oh, <laughs> and for thank people so <laughs> and for people <laughs> who haven't read scatterlings please 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 do yourself a favor and uh, and go out and buy it it's not a big book uh, it's a book that you can read over a long weekend and we've got another couple of them coming up and it seems to me that in some way this book is is significant so i just want to say congratulations to you and no wonder you feel proud (laughs) thank you thank you Thank you very much. <laughs> well, go and enjoy your Saturday now, and uh, <laughs> and I shall do the best. I'm to actually enjoy. going to celebrate the the win with my friends. <laughs> well, how fantastic! And congratulations on your win because it is a significant win. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. So, so let me give you the details of the book. It's simply called Scatterlings. It's by Ressa Ketswe and it's Menenge. And I, I know that there is something in addition to that. Menenze, I think it is. It's published by Jakana and it is freely available. And I think that if and when she comes up from the Cape to Joburg and does a couple of book things, I think it would be very, very interesting to sit in on the conversation because it is it needs a lot of exploring but it's very easy to read because she's very talented it really is Saturdays with Jenny every Saturday from 9 to 11am on Kaya FM 95.9 Kaya FM podcast go to kayafm.co.za for more